Good morning, everyone. Welcome inside another episode of the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. I'm Zach Sedenik, joined here by my main man to my left, AJ Evans. Back at it again, AJ. Good morning, East Lansing. Great to be here with you. We've also got another guest coming on the entire episode today because Matt Merrifield is on his way back from the drumming in Columbus. Jack David, welcome back. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Always good to hear you on the Impact 89 FM airwaves. Joe Dez is to my right, pushing all the buttons, making us look and sound good. You can check us out on Impact 89 FM right now, but you can also check us out anywhere where you get your podcasts later in podcast form. Also, video coming, I believe. Correct, Joe? Love it. Gotta love to see our smiling faces or any sort of reactions. Uh, the video is always gold when Matt Merrifield is yes. here and has some insane yes. take. Yes, um, for sure. Yeah, the group chat last night when Bo Nix uh, was going off <laughs> was something. Um, <laughs> Matt was very happy. I saw his, uh, his tweet that he posted, and it was uh, when Michigan State was losing or had lost and he said, it was a meme, he said, me pa- uh, packing up the Comrex after MSU gets slapped and seeing a notification that Bo threw a 77-yard touchdown pass, and it says, if nobody got me, I know Bo Nix got me. Can I get an amen? No, you cannot get an amen. Yeah, no, you cannot. Matt, you cannot. No. <laughs> Shout out Matt Merrifield. He might be here a little later in this, but we will end up finding out as we go. But time for the MSU whip around. All around Michigan State sports, men's soccer, they're awaiting their fate in the selection show. Their RPI between the two losses to Ohio State dropped from 17 to 50. Real, wow. And only 48 teams get in. They're probably going to be on the wrong side of the bubble, which sucks for a team that only lost two games and only lost to one team all season. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's very disappointing. This is a, a team that had a really, I think, su- not a surprising year, but promising you yeah we I mean we looked up and all of a sudden you know this team hadn't lost a game and then obviously very disappointing ending um like you said they're likely going to end up on the wrong side but regardless though this is a year to build off of I know I keep saying that about about both soccer programs but there's a lot to be proud of and this is certainly a step in the right direction for both teams on the other side of things the women's soccer team Made it in the NCAA tournament. They hosted Ohio yeah. on Friday night and dominated. They scored two quick goals, added one more in the second half, a 3-0 victory. They'll move on to take on Harvard all the way in Utah at BYU's complex down in Provo next weekend. That game's on Thursday night as Michigan State will look to make it to the Sweet 16 in women's soccer for the first time in program history. They've never advanced past that second round. That would be round. huge for this program. This is also the first time they've ever made it to the second round in back-to-back years. Jeff Hostler has this team on a skyrocketing trajectory. Yeah, the, I, at this point, like they're, we're running out of adjectives to describe how impressed we've been with this team over the last two years. They have been incredible. And I want to take a moment. You know, Bella Najera has been so phenomenal yes. all season. For a program to have been as good as they were last year, to add a freshman who's contributed right away this fast and this much, it's it's been incredible to see. And I'm excited to see that, that game. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Harvard's a pretty good team. It's the four yeah. and the five seeds between this region, and BYU is the number one seed. They're left, and they'll host the next two rounds. So the winner will have to play, more than likely, play BYU 
at BYU in the Sweet 16. If Michigan State finds a way through that, there's a very real chance that they could host in the Elite Eight here in East Lansing. That's something that the men's soccer team did on their trip to the College Cup back in 2018. There's still a real possibility of that. That would be insane. That would That's something this campus needs right they now. They would enjoy that Thanksgiving weekend, I'm sure. Uh, it might be the same day as the trip to Ford Field. If it is, that would be a packed day of MSU sports. It would be. I'm I'm curious to see what the fan split for that would be. Ooh, yeah. Because I've, I don't know how many Michigan State football fans are excited to watch them play. Against I, I would State. rather watch this, this women's soccer team. Yeah, than, uh, I, don't, I agree. Team. The yeah. only thing that's going to counter it is two things. One, people aren't going to be here. It's true. Because it's Thanksgiving break. But two, it's outside versus inside, and it's the end of November in East Lansing. Yeah. It's going to be cold. But it was cold on Friday. I it was freezing up there in the booth. I mean, and it, yeah. Also, too, the weather has been very unpredictable. Like, it hasn't been super bad lately. Yeah, it's just it's just Michigan. Yeah. Uh, facts. Let's switch things over to the volleyball team. They lost in three close sets to Ohio State. That's the rare, like, sweep, but also I think the biggest margin in that one of those sets was three points. So they kept it really close with Ohio State, but lost in Columbus. Now they've got a top 20 team in Purdue looking for their second ranked win of the season. And this team has continued to improve. They had some big wins recently. They were a couple of games above 500 in the conference coming into this week. They don't really want to fall back to 500 today. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... yeah. Hopefully they, they can get this win against a really good Purdue team. Um like like you mentioned, yeah, I was watching that Ohio State game. And like I know we lost in straight sets, but it was a close straight sets, right? So should be able to hopefully keep this one close. We'll see if they can do just that. Now to the team that might be the best team on this campus, the hockey team. They took four of six points against Penn State. Friday was tough. Um, yeah. There are good ties and there are bad ties. Mm-hmm. I was talking with Scott Moore of the Spartan Media Network, the play-by-play for the flagship radio station, for Michigan State Hockey, and he was telling me a story about Ron Mason back when he was here, and to for those that don't know who Ron Mason is, the ice rink is now named after him, one of the most legendary coaches in the country in the world of college hockey. What they used to do on road trips is the players would always look forward to a movie on the bus on the way back, mm-hmm. and Scott told me this was in the days of the VHS. They would always look forward to a movie on the way back, and if they won, they got a movie. If they lost, no movie. If they tied, it was up to the coach's discretion. If he felt it was oh. a good tie, he got a movie. Bad tie, no movie. Friday night, no bad movie. tie. No movie. That was not good. Michigan State led 3-0 on Friday. Towards the end of the second period, Penn State got one at the end of it, and then two in the third, and then able to win it in a shootout. That was not what Michigan State wanted, but they bounced back with a big win last night. That game was bonkers. Tanner Kelly scored 30 seconds in. And then in the next two minutes, Penn State scored a pair. We weren't even three minutes in yet, and it was 2-1. to one. Then there wasn't a goal until the about midway through the second period. Yes, correct. And Michigan State tied it at two, then got another to make it three, and Penn State responded 47 seconds later before Michigan State outscored the Nittany Lions 2-0 in that third period, one of them being an empty netter at the end, but... Mm-hmm. It was just a crazy back-and-forth game. Penn State's a fun team to watch. If you haven't watched Penn State hockey, 
they're going to go, they're going to play fast, and they're going to put a ton of shots on net. They average 42 shots on goal per game. That leads the country by a wide margin. They're going to flip it at the net again and again and again until it finds the back of it, and that's just a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, but now, go ahead. I was going to say, but, but what comes with that is uh, some some poor defense, so MSU it, was able to does. exploit that, yeah. And it, it comes with, and that's why you see a lot of high-scoring matches for them. The contest last night was Penn State's first Big Ten game. It was their fourth, their first one that didn't go to a shootout. Wow. They were 0-0-3 in Big Ten play before that. Wow. Um, they had two shootouts with Notre Dame and then the first one on Friday night. Now Michigan State has a big chance to do something next week because they've got the first place Wisconsin Badgers, which is not what people thought we were going to hear at this point in the year. Wisconsin was the lone Big Ten team not ranked in the top 20 when the season started. That tells you about the talent of the Big Ten. But Wisconsin's 4-0. They swept Minnesota, who at the time was the number one team in the country. Then they swept Michigan. And now they come into East Lansing at 4-0 in Big Ten play. Michigan State is 3-0-1. 12 points for the Badgers, 10 for Michigan State. Then you've got Notre Dame right behind at 9 points. And then Michigan at 6 points as well. But Michigan's played 6 games to get to their 6 points. So the Spartans in pretty good shape. If they can take care of business against the Badgers and take at least four of the points, they're going to be in first place by the end of the weekend. Yeah, they can put they can really put themselves in in a good uh, a trajectory for the rest of the year if they can get some points here against Wisconsin. They have yet to play the two preseason projected most talented teams in the Big Ten in Michigan and Minnesota. Those are going to be big matchups coming down the wire as well, but always should be a fun one when Wisconsin comes to town next weekend. I, I like Michigan State's chances. I think Wisconsin is a similar team to what Michigan State was last year. They're young. They have a new coach. They're up and coming. But I think they're a year away. I think this sure. is the year that Michigan State can do some damage here. That doesn't mean that I think they win the Big Ten because I still think Minnesota is the best team maybe in the country. But I, I, I would agree with that, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. It's been a weird year for college hockey. There's been a lot of upsets. Boston College just lost to Maine last week. Arizona State is ranked in the top 20. They just swept second-ranked Denver. In Phoenix this weekend. Craziness. They're playing at the same arena that the Coyotes play at, Mullet Arena, and they're fun. College hockey's just been a very interesting landscape this year. Mm, for sure. That'll do it for our MSU whip around. We will come back in just a minute and talk that Michigan State loss to Ohio State in Columbus. Back on the other side of the break on the Green and White Report on WDBM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. On WDBM East Lansing, Zach Sodenic, AJ Evans, Jack David, and Joe DeVerns. All here with you all day today until 1 o'clock, getting you ready for the NFL games. We'll talk that slate in a few, but right now we got to talk about that loss last night. Michigan State football down in Columbus. The final score was not near as bad as it could have been. No. No, absolutely not. Michigan State on the offensive side actually didn't look too bad for the most of part when you only score three points like there are much worse ways that they could have looked to score three points they got into Ohio State territory seemingly every possession they just there was like a force field at the 40 yard line and they just couldn't get past it yeah so So, and then obviously uh, Jonathan Kim makes one field goal misses the other one but yeah when you can't get within that team's 40 there's no way you're going to be able to keep you need touchdowns to keep up with Ohio State and you need touchdowns constantly and that's just when you can't get within your own 40, you can't. 
It wasn't as brutal as I, I thought it would be. So. Me neither, honestly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, given where this team has been at, given what we've seen, um, I knew what to expect in some ways. Didn't know what to expect in others, but, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't as bad as I thought, to say the least. Yeah, Marvin Harrison's good at football. Of course. Um, Carrying that offense. Well, and you can't leave Chance Rucker on an island. No. Against Marvin Harrison. I love Chance Rucker, and he, that coverage on that catch was – very good. You can't leave anybody on an island against that man. Yeah, but you definitely don't want to leave a true freshman on an island. Oh, yeah, no. of course not. Of course that's not. That's just not – that's asking for trouble. Fair enough. Is there anybody in the country you can you can put on an island with Marv? And, no. No. And, like, trust that? No. So. Maserati Marv. Oh, man. Apologies, Matt. by the way. Uh, my had some technical difficulties with my mic here with the stream, but we're all good to go now, hopefully. Hope you guys can hear me out there. I was – saying that you can't leave anybody on an island against Marvin Harrison and that that was a tough loss, but the offense didn't look as bad for the way that it came with the points. No. It did not. Not at all. To go to some of this, though, is there anything that Michigan State is, has left to play for in the final two weeks at 3-7? and seven? Uh, You're out of bowl contention. Technically not. If but, like, is is there a way they can be five and seven and make a bowl? I mean, theoretically, yes. It comes down to like academic scores. It's really weird. Yeah. But so I mean, even for that sliver of chance, I guess that's that sliver of chance you play for. But I think it's pride. If we're really not like you have to, you have to have some yeah. sort of pride. Indiana's I, not a good football team next week. Um, although they've played much better than they did at the start of the year. Um, the game yesterday they had against Illinois was bonkers. They allowed like 7 million passing yards. The Illinois to, quarterback had 507 yards. Oh, yeah. Um, that's almost as many as Aiden O'Connell had against Michigan State in 2021. That was I don't even know what his final numbers from that game were. Uh, but, it's, a, it's around that. You know, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right, Sudanik, and I was trying to avoid... 536 yards. Oh, my goodness. That's what he had against Michigan State in West Lafayette. Diced him up. Michigan State was Truly. 9. Michigan State was Truly. 9 and 0 coming <laughs> off of beating Michigan, the number 3 team in the country and gives up 536 yards to Aiden O'Connell. Sounds like CJ Stroud. Also, by the way, the narrative that Ohio State QBs don't do well in the NFL, CJ Stroud is proving you wrong. To whoever out there is listening. Oh, we're going to get into that later. I I know he went to Ohio State. I love CJ Stroud. Also, Matt Merrifield says that they He's need awesome. to um that the spittoon is what Michigan State needs to play for, the old brass spittoon. Yeah. Both of the games left are trophy games. Yeah. The old brass spittoon and then the land-grant trophy. You're not going to be seeing either of those games on a yearly basis anymore after this. I don't know that Which Michigan State's going to have any trophies in their trophy case after this, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. and look, uh, They do have the megaphone, though, right? What? From Notre Dame. Yes, they do. They yeah. do still have the megaphone uh, because they won in 2016, <laughs> and then they lost like nine in a row after that game well that'll get me through these next few weeks yes just think about the megaphone anytime you're sad AJ. at least we got that yes at least we got that <laughs> anyways um no but you know a lot of people don't want to hear that when you talk about pride and stuff like that but hey that's that's what this team does have to play for given all that they've been through this season and um through how difficult things have been how low things have been you have that to play for against and Indiana team, like you said, Zach, that's not very good. So going out, putting together two good performances these next couple of weeks, I think, um, will just say a lot. And at the end of the day, regardless of whatever, however your season goes, you want to leave off on a good note. 
You sure. do. And this coaching staff has something to prove because they want to oh, try yeah. and find jobs. Because I don't true. think that they're going to be anywhere. I don't think they're going to be in East Lansing next year. We'll see. They could be. But I'd be surprised by that. Also, I'm going to give this shout out once now, maybe once later, but I will say it right now for Matt Merrifield because I know you're listening. Bo Nix is now the Heisman favorite. And it's Matt he's is minus, he is minus money to win the Heisman. I still don't think he's going to win the Heisman. I mean, it's probably... Give it to Marv. Enjoy the moment, kid. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Sam Levitt's done as well for the year, and that's a big deal. Um, Matt Merrifield just said, do you believe now, AJ? Hey, in Matt, all caps, no. Matt, I just... Two words. I don't. No. I mean, it, it's probably going to have... It's probably going to go... Down, but oh, I forgot about this game. I'm sorry, AJ. I have to burst your bubble. What? Michigan State did win it in 2016. They lost the next year in 2017 to Notre Dame. So we don't even have so the microphone. You do not have the megaphone either. So what's going to get me through the next couple of weeks? Nothing. Zach? Uh, the Champions Classic, hopefully, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yes, yes, I got that. But to hold Sam on Levitt being done for the year hurts this team. Um, he looked promising, but I get it from his perspective. What is the point of him burning his redshirt year this year? I don't think there is one. There is no, 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 no point. But the thing that I do think is that that usually leans towards he might not be here next year. That's what I was going to bring up. I'm not so sure he's going to be here next year. And I read a column from Graham Couch at the Lansing State Journal last week about how after their win, Sam Levitt's statement about redshirting is a cold bucket of water on the top of the celebration. And in a big way, that's true because it reminds people that this Michigan State fan base can't even really rejoice in the development of their young players and hope for the future because you don't know if those guys are going to be here with the new coaches. that Like, they could be gone. You look at guys like Jordan Hall's been spectacular, Chance Rucker, those guys are freshmen. Not to say that I think those guys in particular will leave. I don't have any idea. But it's going to be really interesting to see where that ends up. It's just the point that it's hard to like invest in these young this young talent if you you're not sure if they're going to be on the team next year. Depending, I mean, depending on who we hire, maybe we hire somebody but that they that they all love and they uh they want to play for, then they'll stay, but yeah, it really all depends on who's the next the coach for this team. It, it does. And also too, it's just a sign of the times. No matter it's hard to That's retain yeah, to true. retain talent in any program now. It feels like, um, you know, I I hate to say it, but you hear coaches talk about it all the time. You know, the grass always seems to be greener somewhere else. So yeah, um, obviously this is a difficult time for the program. You want to retain these young guys, but like I said, it's a sign of the times. Truly, the more Michigan State football loses, the more I think this fan base cries out for a guy like Urban Meyer. Yes, and. I'm still out on that hire. I'm ha- happy so Matt's not here because he would have brought Urban up 0.5 seconds into this segment about MSU football. 0.5 is a little long. It might have been 0.25. Matt, you know, before I say what I'm about to say, I will tell you. You want to ask, do I still believe? I was messing with you. Sure, I do. Why not? Make your day. But anyway. Wow. Um, AJ believing in Bo Nix. Not really, but I just wanted to say that. Hey, if you start 57 collegiate games, I expect you to probably be in the Heisman, the Heisman running because you've played... The most you've started the most games out of any player in college football ever. Huh. So, yeah, good for you, Matt. Good for you, Bo Nix. I, but I'm I'm not a fan of of that as well, Zach. I don't think. At the end of the day, winning does not solve 
everything and it's not going to it's not going to completely fix the foundation of a program at the end of the day we've seen so many programs who have won and have been spectacular and they've won in, spe- and won in terrific fashion but they were unraveling um, behind the scenes mm-hmm. and so you want to find a guy who's going to build this program from the ground up the right way which can eventually lead to winning Obviously, winning should always be the main objective, and you want it to happen as soon as possible, but it shouldn't come at the expense of building up your program well, on here, the right value. Here's a good example. We were going to get to this in the college football look around in a minute, but Jimbo Fisher's been fired at Texas A&M. Yeah. A guy that came in with a lot of hype. He had won some games. I know Matt's going to send a text in a second to say that he hadn't won a national title or he hadn't won anything like Urban Meyer has, and I understand that. But Jimbo Fisher came with a lot of baggage, and he came with a lot of money. And at the end of the day, he did nothing at Texas A&M. Literally nothing. And he's going to be gone, or he is gone. They're going to pay him seventy-five million dollars to sit on his couch for the next seven years. And you I don't want need that, that job. I want that job. Yeah, I'm about to say he has the best job in America right now. Right. That's the last thing you need. I saw a uh, I saw a tweet about the cheapest coach like the lowest paying coach I don't remember his name I'm very sorry you coached at Louisiana Monroe and you could get 174 and a half years of his contract for what they're about to pay Jimbo I, I saw that too I, yeah I know what you're talking about um, yeah so we so there's a possibility if I don't think we will but if we somehow hire Urban and something something happens and we have to pay him around that 75 million dollars just to leave that's that's going to put put this um this uh team even in a in a worser in a not worser in a worse hole than they are right now. So yeah, I don't think Urban's the answer. We'll have to find out in the next couple of weeks. It's definitely gonna be an interesting saga and it'll probably trend into the off season. So you can keep it here. We'll have all the coverage for you on WDBM. We're going to take a break, come back, talking some college basketball quickly before AJ's got to head out of here, and then we'll get to our college football look around in just a few. You are listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. It's rolling on, and it's time for college basketball talk. We talked Michigan State football and it's loss. Now, Michigan State basketball has a loss of its own to talk about from Monday, and then we'll get into the positives. But, AJ, both of us were there. We were on the call on Monday night and Thursday night, but Monday night in particular, really slow start, couldn't hit shots, dropping it at home to a very good James Madison team. Yeah, it was it was rough to start off the game. That was a really back-and-forth battle between two teams that are you know trying to play fast. I felt like Michigan State kind of got caught up in trying to play faster than James Madison, um, which is a, is a dangerous game to play against teams that play at a breakneck pace. You never want you never want that because um, then you kind of start playing from behind. And James Madison came in with nothing to lose. We talked about it. They picked up a lot of fouls early. They managed to be a little bit more disciplined later on, um, which is how a few of their key guys managed to stay in the game for so long. But it was a really physical game. It was intense. And MSU really struggled, I think, to keep pace, and that really, I think, affected their shooting. And also, too, they struggled on defense and drop coverage out of the pick and roll. And um, in the rebounding battle, they were solid, but they just couldn't make shots, simply put. Yeah, I mean, one for 20 from three and 23 of 37, which is more in reality like 23 of 41 because you missed four front ends of one and ones. That's not going to cut it ever. No. 
and it didn't cut it there. They fought back after falling behind early, They, but they couldn't put it away. And at the end of the day, it went down like that. But I think James Madison's going to end up being a better team than a lot of people outside of the like intense college basketball yes. world knew about. Mm-hmm. James Madison's a very good basketball team. They're going to be an 11 or 12 seed in the NCAA tournament. They're going to win the Sun Belt. That's a team that you're not going to want to play at any time this year. They've got a lot of talent, and Mark Byington's a very good coach. Yeah, and they have a modernized roster just based on the fact that they have so many guys who can switch out of pick and rolls. They they don't necessarily have like a designated big. They might have had like ones. Actually. Yeah, I mean TJ Bickerstaff. Yeah. yeah, he was, but I mean he doesn't. He's not even really like a quote unquote like big right. man for them. He's mm-hmm. he's really like a four who just plays bigger. Yeah, um, and. All of those guys can switch out of pick and rolls. They all are really good out of pick and rolls on offense as well. They like to get downhill. Um, they remind me of a slightly less talented version of those Florida State that's teams. That's exactly what I was about that to say. Everybody yeah. wow. that's wants crazy. to that's, that's that crazy. everybody looks at because everybody on their team is six five to six nine. Literally. Yep. And then you have Michael Green who's just a baller. Yep. And he's got that New York man like you watch him play and you know exactly where he's from. Sure. He's from the Bronx. He's from Harlem. He's he's from New York City. He's hard nosed and he's a bucket getter when it matters. And that's exactly what he did to Michigan State. He hit two huge contested threes in that second half that kept James Madison in it because Michigan State was pulling away. Yeah, their guards were not afraid at all. They weren't intimidated. They didn't care about the rankings. They didn't care about any of that. We saw they were talking trash the whole game. Oh, yeah. Words were exchanged. Noah and... Friedel is a baller, man. I yeah. That guy was getting into it. He had 11 rebounds. You know, he had 10 rebounds in the first half in that game. Insane. But he just, he was nuts. And he played well in that game, but he fouled out. He was in foul trouble against Michigan State. Fouled out. He stayed in the game for a while. Though, he did, with four fouls. Because yeah. I remember thinking, like, okay, yeah, he's about to be out of here. And he stayed in for he a He did. And then going to the Kent State game for James Madison. They were down five with three seconds left and had to go the length of the floor. They throw it up. Friedel catches it, hits a fading three. 1.2 on the clock. They draw a charge. Might have been a bit of a flop, but also you just can't extend your arms against somebody on an no. inbounds play. That's just ridiculous from Kent State. But you draw a charge, and then guess who finds his way wide open under the basket for the game-tying layup? Noah Friedel. He makes plays. Yeah. And, I mean, he's an insane rebounder for a guard. Like, there are some guys who just have a knack for the ball, and he has that. I want to know, too, Aikens had 11 rebounds in that game. He was yes, really he impressive did. I was about too. to mention another guard that also has a knack for rebounding is Jay Aikens. Yeah, and they're going to need him to rebound more consistently. Like, he's had – that was a really big game from him. It, it proves that he can do it. Rebounding is tough just because a lot of it is just, you know, the ball bouncing off of the rim. And for mm-hmm. guards, it's hard to necessarily – control how many rebounds you're able to get during a game really good guards are always get around four to five but for a guy like Akins, they're gonna need more out of him I think in rebounding and I think he's a guy who could get a handful of offensive rebounds too he could be behind like Cohen I think in that offensive rebounding statistic outside of the bigs of course and Cohen Carr you just mentioned him there he was really good against James Madison but he struggled quite a bit against Southern Indiana they picked on him because he is like a lot of high school really good high school basketball players. They're used to just being so much more athletic than everybody that they can just play free safety. They can sit there, they can kind of look around, and then they can recover. At this level, you can't do that. 
Yeah. Teams will pick on you. Southern Indiana went on that 12-0 run by finding 55 and getting the ball to 55's matchup off back cuts, off of little jabs in, you draw him in, then you run him back out on a pin down, hit a three. And the thing about Cohen is with more experience, he will be able to play yes, from agreed. behind. He mm-hmm. will be able to play from behind on defense and use his athleticism and ways to get blocks and to contest shots late and to do all the things that his athleticism will enable him to do. For now, though, he can't. Um, he's going to have to stay you know, hip to hip on his man because teams are going to continue to pick on him. And also, too, you know, it's just it's just a bad habit that a lot of high school stars have, which is they just get caught watching the ball mm-hmm. and they forget about their man. And like you said, Cohen is so explosive that he's always been, well, I can get caught watching the ball and then wherever the ball goes, I can be there within two seconds and I can either jump or sprint my way there. Well, on this setting of college basketball, you can't do that. You yeah. know, guys are bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. And even as athletic as he is, the margin for error is that much smaller. I want to talk a little bit about the Southern Indiana game quickly, and then we'll get into Duke on Tuesday night. So Southern Indiana comes in. Michigan State is not... They aren't the fastest start that they've had, but they're they're locked in pretty early. They go on an 18-1 to run at one point in the first half and just blitz Southern Indiana. Yeah, there were some ups and downs, but Izzo played all 10 of his rotation guys... Tw- right around 20 minutes. And when you do that, you're going to have some blips because guys are playing with guys that aren't normally playing with them. But what were your takeaways from that game? Maudie had a double-double. Malik was much better than he was against James Madison. What, AJ, where did you kind of think through that game? From start to finish, I just felt like they were a lot more comfortable. James Madison came in immediately and just got under their skin. And they were bothered by it. And I think in some ways, MSU's talent kept them in that game, but they never really adjusted to that. Um, against Southern Indiana, you know, they got to come out. They got to hit first. They applied the pressure. And they were also just simply put the better team on both ends of the floor. They were longer. They were more athletic. And so I think there was a comfort level with that. We still saw some of the same deficiencies we saw against James Madison. They're still struggling to shoot the long ball. Um, They shot a lot better from the free throw line, which is a good sign. And, you know, they were able to get to their spots much better on offense, which I think enabled them to have a better shooting percentage. I think they shot just under like 40% from the field. Um, So overall, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw from Mati. He was really good on the floor. They're going to need him, especially against Duke and against Butler, just because when he's on, this team is different. And he can be an anchor for this team defensively, but he's like out of the pick and rolls, they have to communicate better and they have to, I think, have a designated plan against really good teams with good guards and or good big men um, because that's everything in college basketball right now. So I, I liked what I saw. The signs were encouraging. It was a good bounce back win. It was to be expected, but the big test remains ahead. It does. And let's get into that Duke game a little bit. Duke just dropped a game as well. They lost to Arizona at home. So a couple of teams that are going to be frustrated, feel like they have quite a bit to prove and a lot of talent on both sides. Yeah, this is going to be a a high-level game. Um, You know, there are about half a dozen guys that can be in an NBA uniform as soon as next season um, that'll be on the floor. So there's a lot of talent. Um, Like we said, Michigan State is is going to have to figure out what they're going to do on defense against Proctor and Filipowski because – those guys, they you could argue they're the best pick-and-roll tandem in college basketball right now. And that's um, something that Michigan State has struggled with. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is great. defending the pick-and-roll. Yeah. And 
Proctor is a big guard. You know, Hogard is one. He likes to use his size to his advantage, but he's going to meet his match against Proctor. Their, their styles are different. So but, how are you – let's go through this because yeah. I've been talking about this. Looking at these matchups, how are you running your matchups starting lineup to starting lineup? Ooh. Because I think you've – the question is do you put do you put Proctor up against A.J. Hogard or do you yes. put him up against – I would. Jaden Akins. Because I would argue Akins is the better defender. I would say Akins. I would I would say Akins, but to be honest... I'm pulling up Duke's starting lineup right now. To be completely honest, I like Hogard against him more just because I think you get to see what he's made of and where his head's at right now. Because we haven't seen... We really haven't seen too much from Hogard. He hasn't necessarily been bad, but he hasn't been spectacular either. So if you're looking at this lineup, you've got Roach... McCain and Proctor at the guard position. I think that you're probably going to see Tyson Walker on Roach. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you go with, I would go Aikens on Proctor and Hogard on McCain. But you could go the other way because if you go the other way, sometimes players like A.J. Hogard get locked in when they're asked to do something like that and yes. guard somebody like Proctor on the defensive. And we saw it when Hogard was on Cam Jones against Marquette. He saw some time against Jones. He also saw some time against Tyler Kolick, and that seemed to lock him in, especially after uh, Stevie Mitchell got in his face in that Marquette game. Now, is that the way you go? And then what do you do with the four and the five with Mitchell and Filipowski? Which one's getting Malik Hall and which one's getting Maudie? I'm putting Hall on Filipowski. I think so, too. My I, thing is, to tell you the truth, Filipowski's so good, he's going to get his. But if you can, if you yeah. can contain Duke's guards, you are in good shape because he torched Arizona. Like yeah. there was really, literally nothing that they could do with him. I Inside, think they're going to go the three. opposite though between Hall and Filipowski, or between Hall and Mitchell, just pure size wise. Malik Hall's six eight. Yeah. Filipowski's seven foot. Yeah. And then Mitchell's six nine, but Mitchell's the bigger, stronger player down low. He can bang with. Marty Sissoko and Malik Hall, but Filipowski, he wants to shoot. Yes, he wants to drive, and yes, he's going to go on the pick and roll, but he wants to play on the perimeter. He's a modern big man that's going to be a perimeter threat, whereas Mark Mitchell's not as much so. He did attempt four threes against Arizona, but he was 0 for 4, and Filipowski can knock it down. He's got, he went 3 for 5, he was 10 of 20, he had 25 and 8. He's a 20-10 game waiting to happen. Every time he steps on the floor. Every time. And that's going to be dangerous. Quickly on Arizona, because Michigan State does play Arizona on Thanksgiving Day, they are so balanced. They played eight players in that game. Their entire starting five, 14, 13, 12, 12, 11 in points. Their bench, six, six, and four. The balance is that rebounds even. Eight, five, eight, six, and three. Their stat lines are almost identical across <laughs> really the board. Are, yeah. And are. that's what this team does. They're very talented. I think people were sleeping on this team a little bit, including myself. I was lower on them than some people were. And I think part of that goes to I was lower on Caleb Love than a lot of people because I still do think that Caleb Love has the potential to shoot teams out of games. We saw him do that at UNC. For I think sure. he can do it here. But he went 3 of 10 and in this game. And they still. won at Cameron. And he still looked pretty good, to be completely honest He did. Honest yeah. His defensive pressure was very good. And he's going to be very interesting to follow when that Duke team is, or that Arizona team is. I forgot that they got um, Kishad Johnson 
from San Diego State. Yeah. He was a big part of that team's Final Four run last year. San Diego State was one bucket away, away from a champion. From yeah, I mean yeah. they they made the championship game. Yeah, yeah, like they obviously got hammered by UConn, but right. everybody got hammered by UConn oh, last yeah. year in that tournament for sure. Yeah, no. and Omar Balo's legit down low. He didn't play that well against Duke. He had thirteen points, five boards, three turnovers, but he is. He's a lot to handle down low, too. So that's going to be interesting for Michigan State. Some big tests coming up. Butler looks good. I mean, quick and looking around the country. Illinois has been okay at the bottom of the rankings in terms of Big Ten teams that are ranked nationally. But Maryland got upset by Davidson. Michigan looks very good right now. And you're looking at a Wisconsin team that didn't play that well and still somewhat hung with Tennessee. Dalton connects a dog, by the way. Like, oh, we yeah. talked about it a little bit, but I don't think people around the country really knew it. That guy is a baller. But, uh, Stephen Bardo, shout out, uh, Bardo, quick shameless plug. I'm working with Bardo's breakdown this year of covering Michigan State. But Stephen Bardo made a comment that I was just laughing at on his thing. He was broadcasting the Tennessee game, and he was like, if your phone's having trouble, call him because he'll make it connect. And I was just like, <laughs> all right, Bardo. He, all right. Did he say that live? Yeah, or? on air. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. That, that's good. Stuff. That's good. Oh, we know where Jack David lies on the pun scale. Oh, I I'm so down for a good pun. It'll always get me going every single time. Oh man. All right. Well, we've got to get to college football. So, a couple more questions here. What are your keys to the game, AJ? Besides just pressuring the guards, because I know that's what you found it on. Yeah. What else is the key to the game for Michigan State against Duke? Against Duke. Rebounding. Finding ways to be competent. From behind the arc, make threes. One of thirty-one. Yeah. You don't. They, the they you, do not, two of you do not have to sh- drain a million threes, but you can't. They will at some point, though. Yeah, they will. They will at some they're point. They're going to start falling. They we will have at some shooters. Point. They will. But you have to be competent. And if if you're not, then I know you didn't like this comparison, but like when you think back to when they played Marquette, if you're not going to make threes, then you have to excel in every other facet, including locking up the guards, which I think is going to be the key to this one. Um, and also too. Outside of outside of guard play, not allowing anyone else besides Filipowski to get his, I think that's the those will be the keys to the game. All right, uh, I would say to contain Filipowski because I I don't think you can outright stop him. At the, we don't really have a player like that that especially with the pick and roll to, to completely stop him. So contain him. Don't uh, don't uh, stop shooting your th- the three. They will start falling eventually. Don't don't fall away from it. And yeah, just. Make sure you lock up the guards there, and you're going to have to be tightened up all the way around this team if you want to beat Duke. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. What more do you need to see from Michigan State this week to be feeling better about things? Because there are some big games this week, because Butler looks really good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got some, some tough competition in the next four games. You know, this might be an odd comparison, but watching Arizona and watching their guards and how well-balanced they were, it made me think, this is how Michigan State should be. With yeah. all, of, all of the talent on this roster and as good as these guys have been from everything that we've seen, they should have games like Arizona had against Duke. And that's the kind of team that they should be. There should be a handful of guys scoring in double figures. Everyone should be, you know, playing their part on defense, pitching in on rebounding, 
It should be an overall well-balanced attack. I think Tyson Walker's going to spearhead that on offense. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Tyson yeah, Walker. We he had 35 against James Madison. Yeah. Had an extremely efficient, what, 14 against Southern Indiana on yeah. 6 of 7 mm-hmm. from the field. That guy's going to be a baller this he, year. He yeah. goes without saying, it's Tyson Walker, you know. Yeah, he's going to get his. Yeah. For sure, but... The rest of the everybody else also too should be doing their part because everyone's good enough to do so. And this team is one of the deepest in the country. So um, we've seen bright spots from certain guys. It's just a matter of it all coming together and everything being cohesive. I would agree. Yeah. Lastly, rapid fire. Where should not where will, but where should MSU be ranked next week in basketball? Fifteen to twenty. Mm, Sixteen. I'm gonna go fifteen. I'm gonna go fifteen. Uh, upon first look. We'll see if I keep it that way. Uh, my student media poll rankings will be coming out tomorrow, but uh, so keep an eye on my Twitter for that. But yeah, that'll do it for our college basketball talk. AJ's got to go call women's basketball on Big Ten+. Plus. You can also catch that game here on Impact with Joe Dez and Allie Cohen. That one tips off at 2 o'clock. Spartans taking on Wright State. We'll step aside, be back in just a minute. With a look around the college football world. A lot of games yesterday to take a look at. And we will have all of our thoughts on those on the other side of the break. This is the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. I'm Zach Sedenik. Joe DeVerns. Getting on the mic, Joe Dez, welcome back. And Jack David is here as well. We've got a lot to get to in this second hour of the show. We've got a college football look around. We're going to talk some Michigan State women's basketball, some NFL storylines, and then our NFL picks, along with a celebrity guest picker. I don't know if you can call a celebrity, but we'll get to celebrity. that in a minute. Uh, but for now, let's talk some college football. Michigan passing its first test of the season, yeah. playing Penn State without Jim Harbaugh. The suspension of Jim Harbaugh, hot-button topic throughout the college football landscape coming into that. He got a three-game suspension. There's a temporary restraining order that's been filed but has not been heard and will be heard on Friday. And so we'll see if he's back for Maryland and Ohio State. But that's where that's at right now. But they were impressive. Uh, J.J. McCarthy is kind of taking himself out of the Heisman race with how yesterday went. Yeah, because they didn't they, they didn't, didn't call a pass in the entire second half. They didn't they Well didn't they called to. one and it was oh. a pass interference there that no. didn't count. He didn't throw he didn't record a passing attempt. There and go. that was what I had been saying all year about JJ McCarthy and the Heisman was that he's not their best player. They don't need him. And they didn't. He did everything he was asked to do yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like all the people saying they don't trust him make throws. No, that's not what it no. was. They just didn't need him. Because they are so good because they're offensive line and they're elite running backs. That's what makes Michigan legit, and that's what they showed. Also, Drew Aller, not it. Well, yeah, not rough, one of his worst games of the, of the year. I mean, he's still, he's, he, he still is young. This is his first year, but like this, is, this was a huge stage against a huge team. The team needed it really bad uh, to get that win, to get himself back into that playoff contention. Uh, maybe to somehow win the Big Ten, there's like a three-way tie, they would have got that tiebreaker. But, yeah, he just did not play well. Had a fumble, um, was 10 for 22 for only 70 yards, uh, and a touchdown, and he also ran one in. But all game, he he was he was struggling. Yeah, they got to talk about the decisions to go for two multiple times. There's a reporter brought up to the coach after the match. Didn't really need to go for two in those situations. Yeah, it was interesting because the first time, I don't like it in the first half. I don't at all. But when you're down nine trying to get it to seven, there's been a ton of hate on that. 
yes, you take away the chance that your team might have had, but you were going to have to get it at some point anyways. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to need two scores, you might as well know whether you're going to need two scores or not. Exactly. And so I don't hate that as much. The first half one I don't like. I get why they did it. They did it because they wanted to cut it to a field goal game. Michigan's one of the best defenses in the country. Michigan and Penn State entering that game, neither team had allowed a single third quarter point all season long. The defenses in the second half of those games between those two teams had always been legit. There was no reason to expect to be a high-scoring game. That's why they went for two. But at the same time, I don't like the decision. I just understand the rationale. I think that James Franklin is... Someone said yesterday that James Franklin has mastered the art of disappointing 10-win season. <laughs> Truly, yeah. And I think that that's very accurate. He, They win 10 games every year, but they don't show up to the biggest games, and he's getting outcoached in big moments. They're, he's in such a weird uh, spot in coaching right now where he's not good enough to beat the two best teams on a schedule, get to the Big Ten, maybe playoff, but he's not bad enough uh, like he consistently wins ten games a year, he'll he'll probably win ten games a year this year, assuming that they can uh, beat Rutgers and Michigan State. Um, so yeah, he's in he's in that weird limbo spot. They can't really fire him. He's not he's not really doing anything to deserve to get fired. But he's I I can't see him ch changing his ways and figuring out how to beat these two. Teams I mean, this and, was supposed to be the year yes. and the team. Drew Aller was supposed to be the quarterback, and, and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, not at all. I mean, if if it it really was a if not this year when. So now the question is when, and yeah, I don't think they're going to. And boy, is November twenty fifth gonna be fun? Yes, between the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. I really hope the playoff committee like we we shouldn't drop Georgia to three. They, there's no reason that they deserve to get dropped, but a Georgia one, should be one. I think. The, yeah, that especially after last night they yeah I, I think Georgia should be one Miss, and they but. beat. Missouri the week before, who then blew out Tennessee. Mm -hmm. But just for the sake for the for the one two matchup, it would be fun. Uh, but yeah, that game is going to be crazy. And there is, there's talk about it. There not being much separation. I I think there's some separation. I think Michigan's the best team in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we're gonna find out November 25th. Wolverines in Ann Arbor taking on Ohio State. Maybe Jim Harbaugh will be there. Maybe he won't. It, it depends it, on what happens Friday. It's going to be another step in a weird saga that this has been. Yeah. The Big Ten statement at the end of their um, their response with the suspension was interesting. Of the uh, the Big Ten denies any defense from any member of its conference that cheating is okay just because they think others did it too. Yeah, and and then, that was a big part of the response from Michigan was this team did it this team did it and it wasn't it wasn't satisfactory and i think the big time was correct in their statement that michigan is not denying it happened they're just claiming loopholes designed to delay accountability yeah i'd hate to go against my own but i've seen this with spygate and the patriots back in 2008 uh, pretty much the exact same thing just said everyone else is doing it why are we the speaking ones of your patriots uh mac jones just threw a pick at the one yard line after leading him down the field because he's Mac been Jones. not good. Yeah, it's real rough. We should be winning this game pretty easily right now. And he's chucking the helmet like that's not fully on him. It's crazy. But yeah, that was a bad pass. Yeah. It, next year. Next year we got to look forward next to year hopefully you, high draft pick. You guys might have Drake May next year. So. I know. Finally won't be going like eight and nine. So that way you can year. draft the UNC quarterback at uh in the top five that 
inevitably turns into Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. <laughs> Drake or Sam May. Howell. Drake May's good. I really like Drake May. <laughs> but okay, back to the Michigan stuff. Also, very weird about this whole situation is how the team and the coaches reacted after the game. They it felt like Jim Harbaugh had passed away, but he was just like not at the stadium. Like Sharon Moore crying in his post game uh, interview. All the all the players tweeting bet even even Santa their um the, the their president, president of the uh, university yeah tweeting bet it's just very weird like you guys did it you guys are gonna get uh whatever penalty like whatever penalty you're gonna get they obviously got the stuff from the Big Ten and then they're gonna get something from the NCAA but it's just the it's very weird be that they're not gonna get near what it would happen with and it's funny that they're claiming like this would never happen in the SEC. This wouldn't happen. To, but the thing is, is that Michigan's going to get way less than what Michigan or than what other schools would get. It'll be a just slap because on the like Alabama, like Ohio State, Michigan's branding is powerful enough that it makes the Big Ten and the NCAA enough money that they can't afford to hurt Michigan. <laughs> they can't afford to leave, leave them out of the playoffs. Yeah, they can't afford like to hurt Michigan because Michigan makes enough money that they'll be fine. And that... That is unfortunate for a lot of people on the outside of it, but at the end of the day, that's just how the NCA has pretty much always gone. It's mm-hmm. the NCA is not known as a stand-up organization. Oh, not even close. by anyone. Not even close at all. I don't even think the NCA would call itself a stand-up. Well, they might, but uh, they're delusional enough that they think that they're doing the right thing, and they're not. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the games on the field. Alabama looks like one of the best teams in the country right now. Jalen Milrow has figured yeah. it out and. They might win the SEC. This is which one of, would set up a very interesting selection show. This is one of the most impressive co- coaching jobs I've seen uh, done by the the greatest college coach ever. I mean, this team was down and out after that Texas game. Everybody had uh, really forgotten about them, and they are playing like the best team, one of the best teams in the country right now. That game, I assume the SEC game, SEC championship game is going to be Georgia and Alabama. That game is going to be. Awesome to watch, probably probably. Actually, it is. It's not even assumed. They both clinched last night. Oh, did they? Okay, well, there you go. So that game is going to be probably probably the best game of the year. That or Michigan Ohio State. Those two are definitely going to be fun. Also, shout out Matt Merrifield's Colts. uh, Pretty much just put the dagger in with a third down bomb completion from uh, Minshew Mania. Scrambling the entire time. In fact, you got that off, and actually, his receivers insane. That was a dot. We're That's just a watching dart. that on the. Uh, <laughs> we're just watching that on our TV down here in the studio while that game's going on in Frankfurt. We haven't talked much about that game yet, um, but honestly, is there a lot to talk it's about? It's the Colts and the Pats, and it's ten to six with two <laughs> minutes left. So, is this the last? Uh, yes, international it is the game? last okay. international game. Um, Kansas, man, the Jayhawks. Mm, they go down at home to Texas Tech. That's not a game you want to lose as a top 20 team in the country. Not at all. They were down a bunch early, came all the way back. They tied it at 13 late, and then they gave up the game-winning field goal. Tulane continues its push for the top group of five team and a New Year's six bid. They shouldn't be that top group of five team, and they shouldn't get the New Year's six bid because James Madison should. Yes, but, I agree. Uh, but. It's, they're not being allowed to compete in bowl season, which is... Stupid, but... You bring up the NCAA um, not being the greatest yeah. organization, another... I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, James Madison is... So, here's the thing that most people I don't think understand about this, is James Madison's going to make a bowl game because there's not going to be enough 6-6 six and six teams, which mm-hmm. is what allows them to make a bowl game. But they're not going to be able to be 
competing for a New Year's Six Bowl and a conference championship, which they could do. And they, they should be. If the NCAA... Where, where would the College Football Playoff Committee rank them, do you think, if they could be ranked? Because they're not eligible to be ranked by them right now. They would not rank them very high. You don't think so? No. Too um, weak of a schedule is a problem. Yeah. And, like, their their big thing is the resume. And because of their weak schedule, they're, they... The resume, even though that they should be, I just think the, put that the team committee. against put that team against a lot of the teams in the mid tier of that. You think James Madison isn't better than Arizona? That game would be close. I think that game would be close. I would probably put them like in like fifteen. I mean, fifteen's fair. Yeah, fifteen is fine. When you say not very high, I'm thinking you're talking like twenty two, twenty three, well, where where Tulane is, and I don't think that that's the case. That's that's where I think the committee would put them. I would put them around fifteen. I think the committee would be like, oh, we're gonna put them around Tulane, make up this whole uh, thing where they're fighting for the New York six bit or whatever stupid thing they would come up with. Um, I would put them fifteen personally, but I I think that James Madison has the best defense in the country in terms of statistically. Do I think that they're actually a better defense than? Penn State or Michigan, no, but still, it's, yeah, that was a, that was a brutal situation. It's not good no. for anybody. I don't, nobody wins. They're moving up to Division One. They're getting harder in competition. Why can't they? Why are we? Yeah, it, it just, it makes no out. sense. Yeah. But that's how the NCAA is, so they'll have to deal with it. Arizona, speaking of Arizona, they escaped Colorado. Yeah, just just getting that last second field goal to beat beat that Colorado team Um, in in Colorado. So I I do think this is a pretty solid win for that Arizona team. They've been kind of a a quiet but good team they played. Yeah, their only regulation loss this season was to... Washington, Washington by seven, and that was and that game was close. And they lost in triple overtime to USC, and then they lost in overtime to Mississippi State. Correct. Yes, we're going to see. They still have to finish with, I think, Utah and Oregon State, potentially. Arizona State. Arizona State and yeah. Utah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it'll be an interesting setup. That's it. Yeah, that's a good team. They uh, before last night they they came off three straight top twenty wins with against. Oh, Washington. they already beat Oregon State. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So they they beat uh, Wazoo at at Wazoo, Oregon State, UCLA. Yeah, they are. That's a legit team. Very legit. It's going to be interesting to see how they finish this year. We already talked JMU, Washington, and Florida State both picking up one touchdown wins mm-hmm. uh, in big games. Washington beat Utah. They should have won by more than a touchdown. Dropped a pick six at the one yard line. I don't know um, how in. 2023 we're still doing this how we're dropping the ball before we get into the end zone yeah that was brutal and then the blocked field goal to try and put him up 10 yeah it was just a lot of things that they tried to give that game to utah they did but and credit to them they battled back and they still won the game and that's what matters in the end florida state also picking up a win by a touchdown yes i know they beat an unranked miami team by a touchdown that's a rivalry game that's a big game Mm -hmm. you can't like not every rival is going to beat its rival forty nine nothing. No, the the expectation is that rivalry games are going to be like this. The the outliers are the forty nine zero games. Right. So and so this is this is a good win for them. I I agree. Missouri though, Mizzou's good. They are very good. Luther Burden, one of the best players in the country. Uh, but I will say that I that Tennessee team has fallen off a cliff. Uh, Joe Milton. Just, I think that Tennessee team was probably overrated from the get-go. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because you're putting all your stock in 
what Josh Heupel can do with Joe Milton, and Joe Milton just is... Who's not Hendon Hooker. He's not Hendon Hooker. Not not even close. And they don't have the receivers either. Nope. Jalen nope. Hyatt's now in the NFL. Um, oh, who's... And lost just, another one to he he got drafted by the Browns, and you're just not you don't have that no ability right now, which it, it is hard to lose all those players and come back like, uh, like like an Alabama Cedric or Tillman is Cedric the Tillman. There you go, thank yes. you. So they they did lose a lot, but uh, yeah, this was a very overrated team from the get go. You you are correct, and now I I don't even think they really deserve to be ranked top twenty five. They will be because they're thirteen right now. They won't drop out of the top twenty-five, but yeah, they they are not good. But Mizzou is very good, and they've still got they've still got Georgia. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Georgia, Georgia, I think should be the number one team in the country after the way they played. They're back-to-back national champions. They haven't lost, and they just beat the brakes off yes. a very good Ole Miss team, number nine ranked. Ole Miss yes, team, correct. Yes, so that yeah, I. I would agree with you. There's there's no way that they would move Ohio State down after winning by 35. Maybe, though, because if you're watching these teams play, the eye test has Ohio State at three, in my opinion. I would agree. both Michigan and Georgia. It's just, and, it's just the resume for yeah, Ohio but State's better. But. Than Georgia's? I don't think it is. Especially after this win, their resume just got a whole lot better. I think Georgia's resume is better than Ohio State's. This, this, this is a much better win than Penn State. Uh, or, Penn State or and Notre Dame, Dame. Yeah. and then if you're Georgia, you got Missouri and Ole Miss in the last two weeks alone. I think Georgia's resume is the best in the country. It, it'll be interesting to see Tuesday. I I hundred percent agree with you. I do think they are the best team, and they should be the best team, uh, ranked number one. It'd be interesting to see what they do there, how they assess uh, where to put Georgia. Jack, so you you saying Georgia has a better, better resume? Is that what the final final piece was, or do you still think Ohio State has a better resume? I, I would say I would say Georgia because I I think Missouri and Ole Miss are probably better than Penn State and Notre Dame. Okay, we made sure you guys were on the same page. I got real lost in the conversation there. One hundred percent. Joe Des was too worried about this uh, this Patriots comeback drive that's about to start right now. Yeah, we're hoping. Probably not though. Who knows? Yeah, you never Possibly. know. Hey, anytime Possibly. Zach says the Patriots are gonna win, they come through for some reason. I've been wrong every time I've talked about the Patriots so far on here. So. Do you think they're gonna win, Zach? Um. I think that's Bailey Zappi in the game, so yes. <laughs> that is Bailey Zappi. So they pulled, um, back. they pulled Mac Jones for the final drive. That was an awful pass that oh. just came on our television. But um and we're also watching this off a of stream, so you guys listening are probably ahead of us right yeah. now on this. But either way, let's keep it going with some college football. UNC beats Duke in overtime. Uh best rivalry in sports, right? Tobacco Road. <laughs> yeah. A little bit different on the football field, but still that was fun. That was double overtime, I think, 47-45. Yes, correct. And Duke came all the way back. They took the lead late but gave up a field goal, sent it to OT. That was, that was a fun yeah. one to watch. At UNC, without Riley Leonard, I know it's, it, is a, it is a rivalry game, uh, so this isn't a good win for UNC, but probably, probably shouldn't have gone to double overtime if you're, if you're UNC. <laughs> I haven't watched too much of UNC football, but... People have been saying possibly Drake May of the Patriots, and now I actually believe it. I didn't realize how good Drake May was when you watched him in overtime. He was falling down, just let the ball go. Got me impressed. Yeah, he's he's the second-best quarterback in the country. Yeah. What do you guys think about the storming the field after being an unranked team, though, even though it did go to a double overtime? I don't care. People are going to make a big deal let out of it. Let the college kids have fun. 
Right. Like, 100%. It's, yeah. it's not that big a deal. Obviously, you can't ever storm the field in East Lansing. Or you'll break your ankles. Yeah, you'll die trying to jump over, but uh, you're going to take quite a bit of fall damage there. Oh, for, for sure. That. Um, but, yeah, it. I, I don't care. Like, there are certain teams that you don't storm the court for, or storm the court in basketball, like a Michigan State. If you are that level of program, you don't storm the court against anybody. No. But when you're a UNC team, like, it in doesn't... In football, nonetheless. Right? Yeah, like, they haven't won anything. Let them have fun. Yeah. Who it, cares? I, I, yeah. How, this isn't going to change anything. Let them just storm the field. If they want to go throw the the goalposts in, in, in a river down there. <laughs> I mean, th- that'll change stuff because that costs money, but... No, it's but that's U- part it, of the game day experience. Yeah, it's uh, UNC. Thing. If I, if you're paying fifty thousand dollars to go to a school, you can throw the goalpost in the pond. I, feel I, like des- that's a fair I deserve trade-off. that right. <laughs> that's correct. Oh goodness, I I don't know that I'm with that, but I think it's fun. <laughs> I think it's cool. I think the schools probably hate it though. Oh, for sure. But <laughs> there's, there's, there's goalposts aren't aren't expensive or aren't cheap. Oh, I would assume they are. They cost uh, six figures, probably seven figures. Six I don't figures think seven gold figures. Post. I don't think there's seven figures. If you're paying a million dollars for a goalpost, it better have magical powers to <laughs> spin the ball back in. Um, but it's going to be an interesting spot this is to see be... where they go. Also an interesting spot on this football I'm, game. I thought, they give it a first down. Um, but Bailey Zappian company had to wait 12 seconds to wait for the spot, and that just let the clock just, Oh, he fake, fake spiked. spiked it. And then he threw a pick into triple coverage <laughs> off a fake spike. That's the Patriots season all Zappy wrapped up. Happy hour, everyone. That was the most. We need some sickos committee on that one. That was insane. Fake spike throw into triple coverage. <laughs> Not a chance that was going to get caught. I mean, it got close. caught. By the other team. Yes, by the other team. Oh, man. Do we do we want to even entertain this Oregon USC game? I mean, Matt's not here, so we don't have to hear about Bonex. But no, but he'll probably show up midway through our pick section and talk about Bonex. But yeah, so I yeah, I don't know what to say. Besides, yeah. I just saw a tweet that said the Patriots are going to draft JJ McCarthy. So I um, saw that too. I, there you yeah, go, Joe. Not so you sure can, about uh, that. One. You can get the JJ McCarthy. No, he can't be a future Patriot because he's a future Colt. Yes, that's <laughs> we've already the, talked about. We've been this. pushing this every single week. Yeah, yes, well, one thing, future Colt. The last University of Michigan quarterback for us wasn't too bad, so I, I couldn't be upset. Okay, <laughs> you're getting the tone, uh, the around horn mute button now. Um, not a Tom Brady guy. Not even because he went to Michigan. I'm just not a Tom Brady guy. But not a fan of the greatest QB, possibly greatest football fan. player. I'm a fan he of is. winners. The and greatest, he's a winner. So. He is the greatest football player of all time. But that doesn't mean I'm a fan of him. No, I know it's fair. Like, I could respect it and still be like, no. Is he the greatest athlete ever? No. Who's the greatest athlete ever? Jokingly, Joey Chestnut. Um, <laughs> How? But, is that much of a joke? Or I mean, yeah, it's a joke he is in my mind. an American. He is icon. He is. I think you've got to put. I think. It's really tough to compare across sports. Um, I think he's the greatest in his sport. I think Tiger Woods' dominance at his prime is yeah. up there. Muhammad Ali's up there. Michael Jordan's up there. LeBron's in that category. Like, there are a lot of yeah. people in it. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I, I mean, Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky has more. Usain Bolt. Yeah, Usain Bolt <laughs> is on another level. The guy that just ran um, a, like, two-hour and like right at two hours marathon, yeah. Or like a two oh one, like mm-hmm. that's bonkers. That's like a four and a half minute mile pace. That's, that's one of the greatest. Twenty six miles. 
Yeah, no, insanity. Anyways, all right, here we go. Back to football. Yes. Uh, one last thing. Each of us going to go around. Rank your, give me your top six, okay. just like the committee does. Um, I would say Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State. Man, you did it backwards. You got to go six to one. Oh, shoot. Ah, well. Okay. Spoilers. You might as well finish it. Oops. Now. Yes, and then um, we'll put Florida State there. They've they've done nothing to to drop from that four spot, uh, and then Washington, Oregon. Okay, go ahead, Jodas. Yeah, starting gonna, six. Yeah, Oregon yeah. six. Gonna have gotta keep Washington five. They they're they're really good, obviously, but I don't think they're in that top four right now. Four. Oh, I'm gonna put Michigan four. I'm gonna put FSU three, and then we're gonna go Ohio State two, Georgia one. Wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big FSU fan. The last drive, well, our last game was way too close against Miami. They I, really won off I the I really like FSU. I'm not going to base this at all off the college football play offerings. I'm just going to go off of mine, so I'm not going to do, like, the deserve to move or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with mine, and I'm going to say Oregon 6, although I do think Texas has a real shot at being 6, and so does Alabama. But I will go Oregon just ahead of those two teams at 6. Mm-hmm. Florida State 5, Washington 4, then Ohio State Michigan, Georgia. And that's my, my top six. That's pretty good. The parody in college football this year, because you go back to Alabama, who's eight. All uh, So Alabama, Texas, Oregon, Washington, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, they all have a chance to win the national title. I think they all do. So Yeah, I would agree. All right, let's shift gears here a little bit, and we'll give Joe Dez some time to talk here. He was up front and center for this, but Michigan State women's basketball. Getting things going against Oakland this week. Robin Fralick's era beginning. And it's going to be an interesting stretch to see where they go from here. Yeah, D.D. Hagman in that matchup, just unstoppable at certain points. Started off, I believe, 4-4, maybe even 5-5 from 3. The the net looked like it was just a wide-open basket to her at certain points. Like it was the, like, as wide as the ocean. And then there was a point where she had fallen down. She was going for a layup. Had been fully on the ground. Theron Halleck came up behind her, lifted her up from the bench, and then she nailed a three seconds after that. It was one of the greatest sequences I've seen in women's basketball since I've watched it. Yeah, Dee Hageman, when Dee Hageman's hitting threes, mm-hmm. Michigan State's really tough to stop. Hageman's really good. I've seen both the first game against Oakland and the exhibition against Davenport. Abby Kimball offensively is going to give this team a lift that they didn't have in terms of her shooting ability. And try and pick up for Matilda Eck, who left to Virginia Tech, which just played a thrilling contest against Iowa earlier this week. Virginia Tech-Iowa was insane. Caitlin Clark had 44-8-6 in 40 <laughs> minutes played. Uh, Georgia Amore on Virginia Tech side had 31, I think. Bonkers game. But, yeah, I think Kimball's going to be a big piece for them as well as getting Gabby Elliott back. Yeah, Gabby is going to be big. Abby Kimball, as you mentioned, though, she's a sharpshooter, and the amount of work that she puts in in the offseason, I talked to Coach Fralick after the game about it a little bit, she spends almost every day in the gym. You can see videos every single day, her training with the trainer, her using the pads, getting pushed out, trying to take a contested three. And it's it's improved. Like You can see how much it has improved her game. Last year, she was good for a freshman. There would be points where you could obviously see that she was a freshman. And now this year, she's just seamless in the team. If she gets past the ball, there is multiple points. She went 50% from three, three of six. But there are multiple points where she could have hit two or three more and they were whistled off. Yeah, Kimball Kimball had an injury last year. She was dealing with an illness as well. So she didn't really get into it. I talked to her before the season and she said that 
she felt like the biggest difference between the jump from high school to college for her was on the defensive end. And that's where she really had to grow. On the offensive end, she didn't feel like there was too much of a difference. And that just kind of is a testament to the way that she can score. Mm-hmm. But she's going to be an interesting piece for them. We mentioned some of the other pieces. This is a team that is going to be fun. They're going to pressure the living daylights out of you. And they are going to run. Yeah, they were just letting it rain at a point. Didi Hageman had her threes. Abby Kimmel had her threes. And at the end, Hageman just kept handing it off to Mo Joyner. And Joyner kept hitting them. It was almost three consecutive times that happened from three. It was crazy to watch. Yeah, Joyner can really shoot it as well. You've got Tori Osmond still there in her, I think, her sixth season. Julia Ayrault's back. Julia Ayrault's playing the five. Oh, this Julia Ayrault's so be, good, yeah. This team's going to be small. I mean, you've got a 6-1 center, but they're going to run. And Ayrault's physical. Ayrault's physical. Very physical, yeah. But she came into Michigan State as a guard. <laughs> I didn't realize she came out as yeah, a guard. Yeah, no, she came in as a 2-3, like a, a wing, a guard. That's all she had played. She played a little bit of the four before her injury and now is back and playing the five. And that's a big difference, but it just goes to how much they just want to run you up and down the floor. And that's a big way that you can counteract that lack of size. Yeah, I didn't realize how on her size she was. She finished with five blocks. She was locking down the paint up points. And then you got to look for uh, Mary Meng. Came over after committing to Bowling Green. Yes. Came over for Frolic. Now, six foot five, she's going to be someone who can lock down the paint for the future. Too. Yeah, Meng is a player that can give them some height if they need it. Meng's just not as physical down yeah. low, and so she was getting banged around a little bit, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, still raw, still a freshman, still figuring it out, but uh, Julie Aroll, I did not even realize she was that undersized because she yes. fit in seamlessly. Mm. And that's that's where that physicality really comes in for yeah. her. But women's basketball team taking on Wright State at 2 o'clock. You can catch that here on WDBM. Joe Dez and Allie Cohen will have the call for you from the Breslin Center. I am going to step aside now, and we will be back with some NFL storylines on the other side of the break. This is the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing, bringing it to a conclusion, the final segment here. As always, leading you right into the NFL games, you know we got to talk some NFL football. Starting things off with last week, there were a lot of games that were interesting last week. Not as many as today. I think today's slate is outstanding, but... Last week's games started off with the Eagles Cowboys a big game. That was a that was a fun one. Yeah, that was a really fun game for for them. I I thought the Cowboys were going to totally like lay an egg like they did against the Niners, but um they they played really well. I mean, it is a divisional matchup. They played each other twice every every year, so. Yeah. Dak played really well too. Yeah, it, it's a rivalry game and it was a it was a fun one. But now I got to give Joe Dez some props here because he made this statement in our group chat right after the game. Josh Dobbs is that guy. I put a question mark. Josh he Dobbs did not put is a, question mark, a thousand percent that guy. That, that That's one of the hardest things that you can do. He was practicing the cadence on the sideline in between the drives. He, he, yeah, barely, he had Kevin O'Connell explaining the play call, what it meant to him in his headset. He barely knew who he was, who was, he was throwing to. Like, and he was, was still able to come out and play a good game as a quarterback. I mean, if... My favorite line was, he said, if you had to ask me names and go around and name names, I wouldn't be a very good teammate today. He didn't know <laughs> half his teammates' names. That's crazy. Yeah, not knowing teammates' names, having to figure out your cadence with the center. And cadence is a song that you can work at the center for months, even years, yeah. and you still don't really have it down. He got it down within like three minutes before he went into the game. Also, let's 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 be real here, though. The the Falcons aren't good. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not like... 
it was against a top team in the NFL. It was against the Falcons. As you asked like two weeks ago, or even three weeks ago for the Vikings, they're considered not a good team at all, and they're getting led by Josh Dobbs. See, but yeah. if you guys have listened to this, I have been on the Vikings, we're going to figure it out train all season long. And, and are, the Vikings have figured it out. They're yeah. five and four. The question now that I want to ask you guys, since we have a little bit of time with this, is what do the Vikings do with their quarterback situation going forward beyond this year? Because Cousins is a free agent. That is a good thing. Do you re-sign Cousins? Do you try and draft and hope that somebody can come through and risk losing Jay Jettas, who's been all over having Cousins back? Or do you try and see what you can find? But you're not going to get anything for Cousins not, if he leaves. And they're not going to be in a position uh, in the draft where they would be able... I mean, this is a loaded quarterback draft, but like you're not going to get one of the top two guys. No, but you could get... A very serviceable quarterback. Yes. You could get a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix. But at that point, you just bring back Kirk. I would agree. I, but Kirk's 35, and he's going to be coming off an Achilles injury. And I don't think he's that guy that can that can bring you a championship. He's a great quarterback, don't get me wrong. He was playing some the best football his entire career before he got hurt. But I agree and disagree with the can't bring you a championship because Joe Flacco won a championship. Um yeah, well, Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. He like, was playing unconscious that playoff run. So. Right. What I'm saying though is like that he's not going to lose you. He's not going to be the reason you win a championship. Exactly. But I don't think that he is a quarterback that can't get you there with the talent that they have offensively That's around point. them. If it if a playoff run like folds their way and comes yeah. out the way that they wanted to, because we've seen playoff runs like that. I mean, there have been Nick Foles won a championship. That's true. Like that is true. It can happen. Do I think that he's a top five quarterback in football? No. Do I think you could make an argument that he's in the top ten? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I think you very well could, especially with the way he was playing recently. And so, do you take a chance on a quarterback and see what happens? And plain and simple, there's been one. I will say this quarterback class is expected to be better. There's been one quarterback in the last two drafts that has hit. Kenny Pickett. I'm kidding. The door is behind you. I'm kidding. He, CJ Stroud. He sucks. Yes, of course. Does that mean the other guys won't hit? No. But like so far through their careers. But when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson who's getting ready to be done mm -hmm. as a Viking if you don't watch it. Like you you got to keep You don't want to waste his talent. He's going to end up going to Cincinnati and they're going <laughs> to form the Avengers. The, the, the greatest <laughs> wide receiver duo in the history of the Yeah, I mean, obviously T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson because they're going to let Jamar Chase go, right, Matt? Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, before we get past Kirk, I've been observing. i got to hop in real quick. I've been on the Kirk Cousins top 10 QB train since, like, seventh grade when he was back on the previously before-named Commanders. I, I don't know if I can even mention that anymore. So we're, we're, You know who it is. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Nah. But I've been on the Kirk Cousins train for years now. He is a top 10 QB easily. If you put him on the 49ers, they're winning the Super Bowl this year. Kyle, it, the 49ers might win the Super Bowl without Kirk Cousins, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah. No, Kyle that's very Shanahan. true. People think that he can't win a championship. He has been given some of the worst defenses of his career. Before yes, he came true. to the Vikings, they had one of the top defenses. Mike Zimmer turned into a terrible coach out of nowhere. Kirk Cousins had to he shove him on the sideline. He before. He just, was a, he just had a good defense. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just had a good defense. And then Kirk Cousins, he has that dog. Also, the, the, the Vikings fans, like they are like, oh, they were the Vikings were in the uh, they were in the NFC Championship game the year before Cousins got there, whatever. They shouldn't have been in the NFC Championship game. No. People forget that it was a <laughs> 
play that they literally it one it has a name and if a play has a name <laughs> then you know yeah. something lucky happened but it has the name miracle in it definitely something lucky happened <laughs> for sure yeah yeah i gotta mention this to both of you guys uh, this isn't fully related to that but it comes down to the miracle thing you guys know the miami miracle you <laughs> yes. remember the, yeah. i was there for that i was oh, in the stands yeah really i was there i told my stepdad i hope they put gronk at safety and gronk got his ankles taken because i had gotten him in like madden mobile as an out of position player that year so i was freaking out and terrible heartbreaking just day. got crossed up. Yeah. <laughs> taken out completely it was the reason that we got scored on it was awful yeah i mean it's got to be tough being a patriots fan you know having, having <laughs> yeah, a bunch real of titles it's got it's got to be so tough uh <laughs> now that you are you guys don't know what to do with yourselves now that you have a bad quarterback and a coaching staff that's not giving you any weapons <laughs> but anyways back to these storylines the lions back from bye week they've got a big one against the chargers yeah. this week uh, yeah a really big one um but honestly, I don't think they're, they are really going to have any problems with uh, winning. Because the game's at 4, it's 3 it's hours. in L.A. In L.A., but that's usually they usually play 1 o'clock Eastern, so 4 o'clock. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're not necessarily used to that time zone right now. But the big thing is is that the Chargers ha- are a very talented team. There's not a well-coached team. Yep. And that's what's going to hurt the Chargers. And it has continued to hurt the Chargers. And, and I think it will hurt them today. I, I don't think the Lions are really going to have any problems. Yeah, you know, I thought people were really hard on Brandon Staley effort. He's not a good coach at all. Oh, I, I God, was trying no. to fight for him. He's just not a good coach. I thought it was a good hire at the time. But then thinking about it, you're giving Justin Herbert a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah. Well, you wanted Kellen Moore. I like Kellen Moore. Yeah. Just let him be the head coach. <laughs> that might not work, but try it. I mean, he did run the play with Zeke at center. But we're going to pretend that That's one play out of thousands of great yeah, plays. Former Lions called. quarterback legend Kellen Moore. <laughs> I don't think he ever got in a game with the Lions. Maybe he did. He was on their practice squad for a while. Boise State legend Kellen Moore. Yes. Uh, shout out them. They just fired their coach today as well. Did they? Uh, with Jimbo Fisher, yeah. It's a it's firing season. Maybe Bill Belichick's next. I really hope not. It's going to be Belichick most likely. He's almost no doubt. Got, everyone's just begging for his head right now. And Why would they fire him? We talked about I, this during the break. The yeah. Jack, I think you were in the other room pressing the buttons for us, but we talked about this during the break. The thing that is going to be very interesting to watch with them is is Belichick's legacy going to be that Brady carried him to everything because the talk for a long time was he was the possibly the best coach in NFL history I think he is but I think if he doesn't get it together if he gets fired here the stigma the the... thing around him is going to be that Brady carried him because when Brady left he wasn't that good and before Brady got to New England when he was with the Browns and when he was at other places, they weren't that good. Yes, it was the Browns. I understand. But the only real times that he has been super successful has been with Tom Brady at quarterback. Yeah. yeah and well, so is that going to be his legacy? Yeah, the thing was, before Brady left, everyone was wondering whether he was the greatest QB of all time and Belichick was kind of solidified as the greatest coach of all time. And now it's completely flip-flop. Now everybody accepts Brady's probably the greatest QB of ever. He's won seven championships more than any other team mm-hmm. as a whole team in the NFL. And just now Belichick, he's getting disrespected every day. People are calling for his head after a couple bad seasons. You, he's done way too much. I understand he's been struggling, but he's done way too much for that organization to get fired. Yeah, what I think they should do, titles. I thought this for like two years now, is they should stop having him as a general manager. Let him just be head coach at yes. this point. He, he should not be general manager. His talent scouting, besides like rounds five, six, and seven for some reason, just isn't that good. To, I was freaking out. They got my Kyle hope. Duggar, though. 
We did get Kyle Duggar. That's true. But On no. the reach of the century. Yeah. Well, Cole Strange supposed to be drafted in like the fifth round. We take him like 16 overall. And the, the big thing, though, I was watching um, Nikhil Harry when he got drafted. Mm-hmm. I was begging for A.J. Brown to be on our team. We took oh. Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb. Just every player that we have drafted, there's been a better substitute picked almost right after every single day. It's yeah. how I imagine the Chargers feel Quentin Johnson right now. Just not that good of a wide receiver. Taking you mean, right uh, you mean Jalen Rager right in front of Justin Jefferson? Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> the video of the Vikings GM laughing. Being like, <laughs> okay. And yeah, like, I, I won't that know in. whoever thought Jalen Rager was going to be better than Justin Jefferson. That one blew my mind. I had him as my wide receiver one in that draft. Rager? Uh, no, 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 okay. Jefferson. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was shocked for a second, too. I was going to say, Zach, I feel like I haven't. No, not Jalen Rager, no. <laughs> yeah. Jefferson. Jalen Rager's bad. Loved Justin Jefferson. He was so good with that Joe Burrow-led team. Uh, they were they were disgustingly good. But All right, let's talk C.J. Stroud, and then let's yes, get into please. the Ravens quickly. Yes, but C.J. Stroud's historic performance. Playing himself into the MVP conversation, playing like one of the best rookie quarterbacks ever Wait, did you right say now. MVP conversation? Playing himself into that, I, I would say. In the <laughs> With conver- the 4-4 four four Texans? <laughs> in the conversation, if he can are get— they four, They're 4-4, four four, right? Yes. Yes, they are. I mean, if they win the South, I guess— I mean, 475 Maybe. and five touchdowns in your eighth ever game is historic. Yeah, no, he's really good. His his accuracy is insane. I watched him. I called two of his games at Ohio State against Michigan State, albeit against Michigan State's defense. But his his accuracy is is off the charts. Yes, his his just question was like the mobility and the in the like improvising stuff. And so far, I haven't seen any of those problems in Houston. He's, he's been he's been great, and that's with and he's doing this with no no disrespect to these guys, but Noah Brown, Tank Dell, Nico Collins. Those aren't I mean they're they're great. They're, Michigan they're good wide receivers. Nico Collins. Yeah, they're good wide receivers, but those aren't like top flight type of guys. Uh, and he's still making do with them. Um, they have a really fun game against Cincinnati today. That's gonna be really fun to watch. Uh, yeah, this slate like we talked about is two Ohio State quarterbacks battling at it. <laughs> Noted eye roll on the cameras there uh, about the Ohio State. Joe Burrow saying this week, uh, famously quoted a lot of times saying this, uh, that he went to school at Ohio State, but he played football at LSU. Which is, he might be the only Ohio State player to ever go to Ohio State to play school. Uh, shout out Cardell Jones. <laughs> but, because um, we didn't go to Ohio State to play school. No, didn't. But, um, yeah, no. Cardell Jones, what a guy. Yeah. Beat somebody, like beat a little kid in NCAA football, like what, 98 nothing or something? Yeah, yeah it was just insane. Like they misreported, like he plays this kid in the hospital. And he was in the hospital? I think, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, it was in the hospital. Yeah, he played <laughs> this kid in the hospital. Yeah, so. <laughs> Hold on, I'm finding he, the he exact beat him 98 story. 98 35 say. was what it was. 98 35. Yeah, 98 35. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, so, so he blows him out, and it was reported like. That he beat him a like ninety one thirty five whatever. Tweet, I got the tweet right here. And he me. corrected it. Yeah, go ahead and read it. <laughs> he said, "Man, I wish everyone would stop saying I beat a kid in the hospital ninety one to thirty five. It was ninety eight thirty five. I had ninety one with one minute and twenty six le- seconds left in the fourth. So he visited a kid at the hospital, beat him by like fifty points. What a what a human, Carl. What a guy. Jones. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> the fact he corrected to like <laughs> actually no. 98 points. Yeah, I'm not that bad at NCAA. I got 98. I almost got the century mark. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that is uh, insanity. But his statement about the play school is, why should we have to go to class if we came here to play football? We ain't come to play school. Classes are pointless. (laughs) Um, 
But, you know, at the end of the day. What is what is he doing right now? Um, <laughs> Let's find out. Because maybe he did need to play school. If he, I, I believe he's, he's a elite. professor right now. Oh, so he's. No, no, no that's not true. He's literally playing um, school. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's in the indoor football league. Ah, uh, right gotcha. Uh, but he's also doing like some analyst. I've seen him on some TV stuff as well. But so I think he's doing just fine. But yeah, yeah shout sure. out Cardell Jones. He won a national championship at Ohio State. Shout out Cardell um, Jones. Dude's a baller. That that whole run was insane. Coming in, not playing the whole year, and coming in and winning your first ever start being the Big Ten championship game, and they won like fifty nine nothing. Now they played Nebraska, I think, but yeah, uh, still was... though fifty nine points in like against yeah, anybody. It was <laughs> it was brutal, but. All right, last question on the storylines. Are the Ravens the best team in the AFC? Right and now. And or was that Chiefs loss a fluke or a sign of things to come? Because you can't lose to Denver and not have us talk about it. Yeah, that's bad. Like, that's not – it's hard, especially when they haven't lost to Denver in like 14 games or something like that. Yeah. That's not a good sign for the season. And this season has seemed a lot different than the other ones. A lot of the games that they have won, there's been debatable calls about whether or not it should have even been called in their favor. Seems like the NFL is kind of pushing the Chiefs storyline, hoping for that Taylor Swift Super Bowl at some Sounds point. Sounds like a Patriots fan talking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Well, the Pats, we used to get the calls, too. Now the Chiefs get them, so it kind of gets you upset. It's like uh, like seeing like, an ex-girlfriend go with somebody else now. The refs were basically the Patriots' ex-girlfriend going with the Chiefs. And it, <laughs> it really hurts to see. I haven't moved on yet, man. It's, it's rough. Oh, man. you got to find a way funny. to move on, man. Uh, it's yeah, hard, I, I know. <laughs> it's, it's real rough, yeah. I would say the Ravens are the best team right now because the Chiefs just have to figure it out offensively. The Ravens might be the best team in the NFL right now. I, I think they are, yeah. They're playing. Are you guys out. buying into that Super Bowl conspiracy theory about the NFL? I'm definitely not, but I think it's funny because it's oh, very possible. The, color the colors of, of the logo have been the colors of the two teams in the title game ever and, since they started going to the colored logos. And this year is red and purple. Correct? And this year it's red and purple, 49ers. And Ravens. I didn't know that was a That's real thing. That's possible. insane. That's very possible. It's been right the last like three or four years. They just started going to it, but <laughs> it's just bonkers because there were a lot of people talking about it was going to either be the Ravens or the Vikings, and it was going to be Niners or Chiefs <laughs> in that matchup with it. And uh, the Niners Ravens very well might be like a lot of people's Super Bowl matchup right now. You're right now, the yeah. past or not right now? You don't believe in the Vikings? I do not <laughs> no, believe in, uh, in the rocket scientist himself, Josh Dobbs. I think right now I would probably have like a bird match. It'd probably be the Ravens and the Eagles if I had to like... Yeah, that would be a right fun now. matchup. Yeah, that would be fun. But, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson going at it. Yeah, Lamar breaking off 30-yard runs, the Eagles just getting one-yard run at a time <laughs> um, yeah. on the... The push. I just want Lamar to get some playoff wins, man. Like that MVP. Yeah, I was about season. to say he's got to show that he can win in the playoffs. Yeah, because he's a good QB, and then everyone just points back to his playoff success, which has not been there, and it it sucks. He's got to yeah. shake that this year. We'll see if he can do just that. It's time to move into the pick'em here on the Green and White Report. The standings. AJ had to go. He has not sent in his picks yet, so we'll see where that goes, and we'll see what happens with that next week. But either way. Right now, he's coming off a 9-3 and three week, 58-46-4. and four. Um, I sit at 52-52-4, and four, went 6-6. Six and six. Matt went 7-5, and five, and he is at 50-44-4. and four. Before we get into the picks, since we're short a couple members today, we have a celebrity guest picker, uh, my fiancé, Jaylee. Hi, thank you. Very excited to be here to share my very professional, very well-informed, very unbiased picks here. All right, we'll see what happens. The Bears aren't playing, so she's uh, not going to pick the Bears. JDC, you're not alone anymore. Um, she will pick the Bears with you, but the Bears won this week, right? Tyson yes, Bajan, NFL legend, 
Future Hall of Famer Tyson Bajan. <laughs> that game was so bad. What a Thursday night football <laughs> oh, game. Yeah. The most electric of the oh, season. Shepherd University legend. Uh, too bad they lost to Colorado School of the Mines before they could have played Fair State. <laughs> the, the, graphic, like real <laughs> the graphic they showed of the game of his last 10 games where it was five NFL teams and then it was like the D2 teams he was playing. Yeah. It was like Colorado Mines and then like the LA Chargers. Yeah. No, that's, that's really up. how it went. But a that's insane. All right. This game that we have first uh, is... One of the best games of the season so far in terms of matchups. I'm super excited to yeah. watch this. 49ers minus three at the Jags. Oh, cool, Jack, go ahead and start. Uh, also, Matt has the 49ers. I will also take the 49ers coming off the bye. Both teams are coming off the bye, but the Niners need this. Three straight losses? Yeah, they need this desperately. Actually, four need. straight losses. They're five and four now, right? Or are they five and three? They would be five and four if they lose. Today. Okay, so they're five and three in Jacksonville, six and three? Yes. Okay. Six and two, actually. Oh, they're also coming off a bye. Yes. yes, that's correct. Joe Des. Yeah, I like the Jaguars a lot, but I'm going to take the 49ers. If they lose this one, it could really push down their playoff chances. I, there's, it's weird to say must win, but they're probably going to treat it as a must win at this point. All right, Jaylee. Definitely the Jaguars. Jags? Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> ag- to agree. Go I, Jags. I'm going Jags at home. I, I think they get it done here. I think that... Trent Williams being out is a bigger deal than people yeah. are talking about. I think the Niners are still a little banged up. Now, adding Chase Young to the other side of that defensive line is insane. But give me Jacksonville at home. Let's move it on. Saints minus two and a half in Minnesota. Josh Dobbs and the Vikings trying to keep things going. Joe I, Des? I think the, I, I'm taking the Vikings here. Josh Dobbs, until he proves me wrong, I, I'm going to just believe in him. I, I think that he's got what, what he needs to win this. I have to go with the Vikings as well. I will also go Vikings. Jayla, are we making it a clean sweep? Absolutely, Vikings. <laughs> all right, love it. The Minnesota Vikings at home underdogs, all of us taking Minnesota. The Titans at the Bucks. Bucks minus two and a half. I can hop in first on this. I, I think yeah. the Bucks are going to win because the, they, they've been disappointing a lot lately, but the Titans are just even more disappointing. Will Levis, he's been better than everyone has thought he's going to be, but I don't think he's winning against the Bucks. I have to agree with you. Give me Tennessee. Um, also, Matt went with the Vikings before, and he is with the Bucks here. Jaylee, Tennessee, the Titans, or the Tampa Bay Bucks? Tennessee Titans. All right. Are you just following my picks on all these? No. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you first. went before me yeah. first. Okay. Fair enough. Um, let's see where we go. Browns at the Ravens. Should be an interesting is, AFC yeah, North matchup. Really all right, our AFC North expert, what you got? Matt has the Browns, by the way. I... I will go with the Browns as well. What do we have for the spread on this one? Six and Ravens half. minus six and a half. Six and a half. Oh, jeez, that one's tough. I'm going yeah. to take Ravens. Ravens have blown out every spread that I thought they couldn't cover. So I'm going to stay at Baltimore. I think the Ravens. I'm also going to take Baltimore. Um, I We just talked about them. I think they're the best team in the NFL right now, and mm-hmm. I don't trust the Browns. I think so maybe that's fair. you're just following my picks, actually. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I... I have been pretty good for exactly 500 this year. So if you want to go 500, follow me. There you go. Um, I won't win you any money. I won't lose you any money. But here we go. Texans at Bengals. Bengals minus five and a half at home against C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Jaylee, why don't you start then since you're... I think it's the Bengals. You're taking the Bengals? Mm-hmm. All right. Matt also went with the Bengals. Jack, where are you going? I will... I'll take. I'll take the Texans. Really okay. didn't want to make that clean, so I'm going to go Bengals here. I really want to take the Bengals, but you know what? Screw it. We're going Texans. Yeah, go the Texans. Come we're on. Gonna, we're going to ride. CJ Stroud, MVP season. Now we go. 
We're going to ride with the Texans here. I like it. All right, Packers at Steelers. Steelers minus three. Jack, are you are you doing it here? Yeah, I'll take the Steelers, I guess. <laughs> you guess? Uh, I I could definitely see a push. I'm not excited to watch this game. I, <laughs> I don't like watching this team right now. I commend you for your ability to actually watch that game because I will not be tuning into that game. <sighs> I have to. That's that's so unfortunate for you. Um, I'm going to take the Packers, but I, I don't like the game, to be honest with you. Mm-mm, not at all. Yeah, I'm going Packers as well. Jordan Love, I'm hoping, finally proves something. I've hyped him up so much, and he's done nothing so far. He's going to have TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith coming coming right at him, so I don't <laughs> think it's, it's going to be this week. <laughs> Packers or Steelers? Packers. Packers? Mm-hmm. I think your Bears family might uh, disown you after that pick. Oh, but, no. Uh, I'm the only one that picked the Steelers? You are. Packers suck. So the Steelers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they are five and three though, right? Like I for have some no reason. Clue how we're five and three. I Tomlin must have made a deal with the devil. I don't know. <laughs> you want to talk about best coach arguably of all time, sneakily, it might be Mike Tomlin. I agree. Truly I agree. I mean, I'm not surprised that you agree as well, a yeah, Steelers of course. fan, but like my dad doesn't like Mike Tomlin. Really? And he's the reason I'm I don't understand. He has some vendetta against Mike Tomlin. I don't know. He's He's seen Super Bowls under Tomlin's era, like one, uh, two Super Bowl appearances. I don't get it. I, I love Tomlin, obviously, but yeah, I I think that the Packers are going to win that game just because I don't think he. I think the Steelers are due for regression because they shouldn't be five and three. So I think they lose. That's fair. Um, or at least there's a push. Falcons minus two and a half in Arizona against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray's return for Arizona, but do they want to win the game? No. Go Here's get the thing. Go get Kyler Marvin Harrison. Or replace Kyler. I was going to say, I think they're going to have the number one pick, so I don't think they are going to... Oh, if they have the number one pick, they're going Caleb, for sure. Yeah, well, that's where they're at right now, but if Kyler comes back, they might win some more games because of it, so we'll see. Okay. I... Oh, yeah, Joe, go first, sorry. Yeah, we all know about the stuff Kyler Murray and Call of Duty. Pretty sure anyone just came out. <laughs> yeah, it's I, very I soon. Think Falcons, it comes yeah. out next week, though, right? Oh, it comes out next week? So he's got the window oh, right now. Oh, people on Twitter lie. Okay, sweet. Oh, okay, wait, no. maybe it does. Hold on. Yeah, let's, I was trying to figure look out up when COD comes out. Yeah, once everyone take a real quick pause, radio silence, real quick as we figure this out. Uh, no, the I, new Call of Duty comes out, or it did come out this weekend. Yes, yeah, Call of Duty Modern Warfare okay. Three. Yeah, this Friday. Falcons. Okay, yeah, Falcons. I've been too easily. busy uh, with the Fortnite OG grinding, but um, <laughs> so yeah, Falcons over that. Okay, I, I like your reasoning there, Jack. Are you going? Yes, I'm t- also Falcons. taking the Falcons. Oh, uh, only because of COD, really. That's my reason. Jaylee, are you are you going on the Call of Duty train, or are you picking the Cardinals? I'm going to have to disagree. I think it'll be the Cardinals. You have a reason or no? I just always pick the Cardinals. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that hasn't been a good pick for you this year. Um, they are 1-8 or 1-7. But either way, they've got Kyler back. We'll see what happens. I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. Thank he you. finally breaks the spell of the Call of Duty curse. I, um, I hope for – I like Kyler. I hope for his sake that he can get a win but and stop this narrative. Oakland but, A's – Top 10 draft pick, Kyler Murray. <laughs> that is true. Um, all right, Lions minus two and a half at the Chargers in L.A. Slamming the table for the Lions. I don't what, I don't get this line. I know it's in L.A., but. So I'm going to drop a couple stats here, and then I'm going to pick the Chargers. The Lions, I, I think they're the better team. Jared Goff historically has been awful coming off of buys. He's had really? four games coming off of buys. His last four games coming off buys, no touchdowns. Four picks, 16 sacks. Huh. 
Not at all good coming off buys. The Chargers are playing good football right now. Give me Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I'm going to be honest. I think Goff could still play like that, and I think I'd still pick the Lions. You may be correct, because I honestly might too, but I'm going to pick the Chargers here. You had a convincing argument. I'll go Chargers. Wow. Yeah. You're you're not making many friends on these airwaves, being a Bears <laughs> fan and not picking the Lions. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. Yeah, I'm a mass- <laughs> massive Justin Herbert fan. I'm going with uh, the Chargers easily. Wow, easily? No, not easily. That was, that was a little too far. I meant it was an easy choice on my end. They're not beating them by 30 or anything like that. If the Lions lose, though, they normally kind of lose like that. But yeah, that's, a, um, that's that. Yeah, that's true. But we'll see. Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys minus 17, 17. and a half. You don't even get the push at 17. 17 yeah. and a half. <laughs> and you, so the Giants have it's it's Tommy DeVito, correct? Yeah. He's electric. He still lives in his parents' house. Yeah. He said something about his mom makes his bed. He doesn't have to worry about I don't food. have to worry about any of that he stuff. Has, and uh, for that, I'm going with the Cowboys. waiting on him. <laughs> Grow up, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, give me the Giants. I'm all in on the uh, mom still makes his bed, is he but he's going to gonna be a dog. <laughs> what? Is, is he related to Danny? I was about to say, his name reminds me too much of Danny DeVito. I'm going Giants I, I easily. I very much don't think he's related to Danny DeVito, but I could be wrong. Pretty sure they're brothers. Something like that. No. <laughs> you said they're you're not going related. Giants? Yeah, going Giants. I love Danny DeVito. I'm just going to go for the name there. Oh, I don't know. I think I'll go with the Cowboys. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of points. It's but. so many points. So many points. So many. <laughs> Matt went Giants there as well. All right, Commanders at the Seahawks. Seahawks minus five and a half. Give me the Seahawks in a bounce back game because the Commanders aren't good and the Seahawks beat every team that's not good and get hammered by every team that is good. Yeah, yeah. I, Seahawks for me too. I'll take the Seahawks as well. I think Sam Howell is going to throw 60 passes today. Uh, won't be enough for them. That'll be 52 more than J.J. McCarthy threw yesterday. <laughs> True. Um, Jaylee, are you going Seahawks or Commanders? Oh, yeah, I agree. Definitely Seahawks. All right, so Matt on an island there with the Commanders, plus five and a half in Seattle. It's time for Sunday Night Football. The Jets at the Raiders. Uh, um, Matt went with the Jets. Jack, are you going J-E-T yet? Or J-E-T? I have to, right? I think you do. I think that's Yeah, just the, hold on, let me get that on there. Yep, J-E-T. Jet, jet, jet for Jack David. Um, it will always be what it is. They do not have an S on the their name. The rest of the time, yes. J-E-T at jet, jet, jet. Yeah. Joe does? <laughs> yeah, I'm going Jets. Zach Wilson in Vegas can get pretty dangerous. So we're we're going <laughs> to count on him. Oh, that's electric. <laughs> I'm going to take the Raiders because they're the better team and they actually now have a competent coach. But, man. Shout out Antonio Pierce. Uh, I love that. Jaylee, Jets or Raiders? I'll go Jets. Okay. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Sure. Or yeah. just Jets. Or just Jet? I think just Jet. Oh, okay. She's joining you, Jack, yes. on the J-E-T-S, Jet, Jet, Jet. Join the Jet. <laughs> uh, last one. Broncos at Bills Monday Night Football. Buffalo minus seven at home. Broncos. I don't trust the Bills. Wow. I don't trust the Bills. Wow. Damn. This line should be more than seven. Give me the Bills. Yeah, I'm going Bills too easily. Matt went with the Broncos, though, which was interesting. Shout out, Matt. Uh, shout out, Matt Merrifield. Jaylee? Oh, yeah, I think Bills. Bills, mm-hmm. okay. And Joe Des, you went with? I went Bills, too. I'd, I'd, seven's a very weird line for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're at least going to get a push. But it's probably going to end up being like 14-8 to eight or something like that uh, Giants-Bills Monday Night Football game was. That was an <laughs> ugly, <laughs> ugly football yeah, game. I can see that. All right, one minute, positive note, favorite thing of the week, Joe hey, Des. Real quick, I want to bring this up when Merrifield's here. He didn't come through. Have you ever seen the Rhode Island coach, the uh, Rhode Island team 
for uh, URI, their roster at all? Have you ever seen the names on there? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, top I've name team in the nation. Always right is one of the players. Ray Allen the third, and then they got Connor Dubsky. Dubsky, yeah. Dubsky. <laughs> Greatest name I've seen in college pass. That was one of the positive things for my week. Today is my mom's birthday, so happy birthday, Mom. Love uh, you very much. Shout yeah. out. Happy yeah. birthday. Jaylee, favorite thing this week? Uh, I got to actually get paid for getting doing work to this week. That was fantastic. Hey, fair enough. Uh, we we love unpaid work. That's uh, that's the way <laughs> yeah, everybody. Uh, that's the way the world works, right? That's college student favorite thing. Um, I loved watching some watching some good football yesterday. Yeah, it was fun. Um, there was some good games on. Got to do some Michigan State hockey as well. And coming up this week, Champions Classic Tuesday night. You can catch yes. us in Chicago. I will be making the trip along with AJ Evans, Jack Moreland, and Caden Handwork. You can check out Caden's work on the website. Take a look at some of his articles and recaps. Jack's photos will be all over. We'll have some content coming on our Instagram story of our trip, so you can follow our adventures along there throughout Chicago throughout the day on Tuesday. And catch that game, Michigan State and Duke. Impact his own pregame show starting at 640 on the WDBM Airwaves with tip-off slated for 7 o'clock here from the United Center. We're in East Lansing signing off. This has been another episode of the Green and White Report. For everybody that's joined us today, AJ Evans, Joe Dez, Jack David, Jay Lezimit, I'm Zach Sardenic. Hoping you have a great rest of your Sunday. This has been the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing.